This episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice is brought to you by our incredible patrons, patrons like Seraph Ferraro and John. If you want to help us keep making the show like they do, you can visit pitchdrop.cash and contribute as little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. Listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, the JRPG Games Club podcast that knows how to get jiggy with it. This is season nine, episode eight, covering Fisherman's Horizon and Final Fantasy VIII for the PS1. I am your host, Matt Marcus, and my pronouns are he, him, and with me today is Sibylar Nechi, her. Ryan Beatty, they, them. Alright, so what happened last time? Alright, I'm just going to mention this up top. People <laughs> have found and forwarded me video. Of Japanese voice actors saying Renoa's oh. name, we have an answer. <laughs> I was so going yes. to say, I was going to bring that up. I forgot to put it in the notes. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. yes. So yes, I have been corrected. I will use the correct pronunciation now that there is a canonical speech for it. And like, it didn't happen until I am selfish. I am wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. You know, and the, and the <laughs> funny thing is, like, I like it didn't take that long to find, but it was like. It happened one time in the Dissidia NT DLC. Yeah. <laughs> Spoken by you, Yuna, of all people. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you really, you really did your due diligence with that detective work. Congrats. Yeah, and I found it in Japanese and in English. I'm going to drop it in, in the recording here. Just, you know, just showing my receipts. I'm really tired. Well, we have been walking for a while, what do you say, Locke? All right. Thank you, Renoa. Hmm? No problem. Over there looks good. Uh, rip to Renoir, you were a real one. Thank you for all of the good times. <laughs> Our national nightmare is over. Was, was not a bit, just didn't know. I know. I know that's, that's what <laughs> we, makes we will it never good. Know. Actually, actually, you said it wasn't a bit, so I'm going to take you on your word for it. But that's what I said. It wasn't a bit. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. So last time, Squall and team made it back to Balam Garden to find a full-blown civil war had broken out between factions supporting the heretofore never seen Garden Master Norg and Sid. We tracked down Sid to warn him about the incoming missiles. And the headmaster told everyone, head to the basement and press some buttons to see what happens. I still don't believe no, that no, you it's, were... No, it's, it's the oil boils. The, the oily boys. Oh, got it. Okay. Sorry, I thought we were referring to murdering the money man as pest control. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> Not calling Norg a pest, although he is a pest of some sort. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, uh, you know... You wish you could like dump some raid on him, right? I mean, <laughs> I did. I cast bio. <laughs> nice. Uh, Squall hits the magic transformer button, and the garden flies away out to sea, avoiding destruction and then becoming stranded. 
As a result, a ship piloted by Edia's White Seed arrives to collect a woman named Elone. Turns out this woman has I, been I, sent- That's what they are. No, I know. I see the quotation marks. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Sorry. they said it, they say Adia seed and they say white seed, but they don't say it both at the same time. But you know, it's a compound adjective. Uh, does this mean Adia is canonically a uh, canonically trans? Uh, discuss. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Alternatively, um, <laughs> I can give you a much more cursed read. Oh, great! Wonderful. Does this mean that Idea is very Elon-like and just IVFing everywhere? Ooh. Mm. Ooh, if you could see Ryan's face right now. <laughs> oh, boy. You're all welcome. Turns out that mysterious woman has been sending the seeds to times in the past in an attempt to change fate. This revelation crushes Squall right before the garden crashes into the coastal city of Fisherman's Horizon. Just... <laughs> Good show from everyone this week, gang. Did we did we make the Jeff Bezos' yacht joke at the end of last episode? Because no, this I don't is definitely so. a Jeff Bezos' yacht ruins a uh, a precious coral reef moment. Uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> especially now that we find out that uh that Garden has been privately financed by um a a greedy mercenary asshole. Um Great, great show. Well, uh, the the difference being that Fisherman Horizon can be built back better, unlike the Coral <laughs> Reef. Fuck. <laughs> uh, it's Infrastructure Week in Ballum Garden. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, there's a lot of construction happening this episode. It's true. So we get off of Garden and uh, leap onto the, like industrial crane dry dock platform business going on uh and sid charges squall and crew to meet with mayor dobe or it could be doby i'm gonna say dobe uh to tell them that they mean no harm and to get help in repairing garden they are met with three nameless guys who tell them they are welcome to enter the town but they are not allowed to use any violence while there hooray we get the pacifist episode of this episodic <laughs> yeah. anime uh-huh we also learn that some of these guys actually helped work on the garden back in the day and that they, like, helped build it. Um, one of the dudes very brusquely asks Squall the whole, like, uh, you don't care about who you work for as a mercenary, right? Question before going, actually, no, never mind. It doesn't matter. And Squall's like, hey, uh, I don't like when my own shtick is thrown back in my face. <laughs> it, this does not feel comfortable. I, I hate it, actually. <laughs> Just a, a small, small bit of self-awareness there. <laughs> yeah. I think in my head I'm slowly turning Squall into Keanu Reeves. Because you said that and I was just thinking, I don't like this. <laughs> Whoa. It's probably because um, I just rewatched Coppola's Dracula. <laughs> oh god. Ah, great fever dream of of uh Yeah. Of a movie. Oh yeah. One of the worst Keanu performances, but I still I love that Coppola still goes to bat for it. Oh, it's a great film, top to bottom. Nobody mm -hmm. knows what anyone else is doing. It's perfect. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, I do I do like the one fisherman uh, who is like, hey, don't worry about it. We love fixing stuff here. It's a yeah. whole bunch of former craftsmen who are now fishermen, so like it's fine. It's like we haven't had to don't. build shit in years. This is our yeah. Super Bowl. <laughs> 
literally no one else in the village thinks that everyone else is like get the fuck out of you you wrecked our shit and <laughs> your warmongers and this guy's like yay repairs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah uh speaking to that the entire town is uh made up of various industrial pieces mashed together in a functional but very haphazard way and it yeah it it's a town literally designed by engineers, so <laughs> it's a town it. designed for the World <laughs> Cup that they started living in afterwards. <laughs> uh, it does kind of look like a stadium if you, yeah, you know, throw a bunch yeah. of uh, solar panels on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, as I just alluded to, uh, so there, there's a large bowl in the center of town and is lined with solar panels, and in the middle of this, there's a little circle on which is built a house, and that's where the mayor lives. And you can just run straight in there, straight ahead. There's there's not much to the town. Like, if you go to the right, there's, like, a couple screens. Uh, and there's, like, in that direction, that's where the train station is. But uh, you can just kind of beeline it. Did you guys go right to the mayor's, or did you, like, walk around a bit? Oh, no, I definitely walked around a bit. I did the walking afterwards. Okay. Because there's one side quest thing uh, that you can start here. And if you start it here you get the best results out of it. You can still do it later. You just won't get as uh, like as good of an item at the end. And that's oh. if you go talk to the master fisherman. Mm. Yeah. In order to get like the mega Phoenix, you have to talk to him right now and not later on. Okay. Uh, which is kind of weird. Is the mega Phoenix a GF or just a super Phoenix? Down? Nope. It's, uh, no, yeah, it's... There, there is a Phoenix GF actually. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's, I it's prefer my weird. Flagstaff GF, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no love for Tempe. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's a there's an item in the game and I forget if we could have it by now. Like you can get it, I think, in the next episode. You can get one. It's called a Phoenix. Phoenix <laughs> pinion. <laughs> a Phoenix pinion. And it's an item that pinion. will it's a multi-res item, so like it'll uh, resurrect two of your characters or up to two of your characters. Oh, but cool. if you if you use one, it basically releases the Phoenix GF, and then later on in the game, if your team gets knocked out, there's a percentage chance that it reses the whole team. Huh. Um, I've never messed with it, but I know it exists. I just this is totally off topic, but I do want to share that the quarterback for the uh university of washington huskies right now his name is michael penix jr and oh uh, boy it is it is the it is the best football player name penix i just i whenever the announcer says it i i just i i laugh and i laugh yep. it's great penix rams it up the middle <laughs> uh. penix slips around the outside Mm-hmm. Phoenix finds a wide open hole. <laughs> Check out how quick that releases. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, you can uh, run around town, and there's a there's a few bits uh, you can learn by talking to the few people that are there. For one, there's a man in a rowboat who talks about Norg of all people, and he asks them like, "Hey, did he evolve yet?" And you're like, <laughs> "Record scratch, what the fuck?" <laughs> What are you, is this a fucking Pokemon? <laughs> well, apparently this is a Shumi tribe thing, and uh, Squall is apparently uh, very non-worldly for not knowing this already. Like, the guy, like, kind of well, shaves him. It's like, you don't well, know that? 
you have a shoomy guy running your whole thing and uh, but uh he he says oh, i wonder what kind of creature norg will turn into nothing screams this guy is not truly dead or super boss incoming more than a dis- bit of dialogue like this oh my it god is- i can't wait till the next episode civil it oh, is no. the most haphazard-ass world-building, and I kind of love it for that. It's just like, okay, we get this weird... Well, again, it's... The 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 world of Final Fantasy VIII is so myopic. It, they don't... No one knows what the rest of the world is like in this game. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. 30 years ago, after the Sorceress War or whatever, everyone just stopped knowing shit. And this is just like it's so great to be like okay we have this weird goblin creature okay mm-hmm. uh he's actually of a race of creatures that exist in this world oh they evolve and this guy is calling squall an idiot for not knowing who they are yeah. i didn't know who they were fuck off it's great <laughs> i mean like when you think about it like balam is like a small island away from everything yeah 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 they're like the least connected out of all of the continents and so, like, that's not terribly surprising that he doesn't know shit. He, like, lived in a backwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's it's coming from a guy who comes from a culture that's way more connected, I guess. Or at least way more knowledgeable, uh, which we'll learn about later. Yeah, yeah. But also, there's a bratty kid who wants to become the Master Fisherman's pupil. By the way, there's a character named the Master Fisherman, capital M, capital F. He's the uh, the guy that ran away from the fish. Like, you know, was he caught a line right as the garden was coming in. Uh, <laughs> that's the master fisherman. Uh, he keeps trying to cast the line and, like, keeps fucking it up. And, like, one of the times this happens, he almost chokes the, like, guy who runs the junk shop. Like, chokes him to death. Yeah. It's yeah. extremely <laughs> hardcore, actually. <laughs> the fucking the i the reason why i was like i have to say something and i almost walked all over you is because in the notes you just say but mostly just manages to piss off the old man running the junk shop and i was like my guy you are underselling it he almost wrangles this man i was gonna bring <laughs> it great. up yeah yeah awesome awesome yeah and then he like just like calls him a dumbass but like they really hammer home like how hard he calls him a dumbass uh-huh now that you've pointed out the capital M, capital F, I'm just imagining this child turning into peeping me from Pop Team. Ah, you are Master Fisher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they never name the guy. Like, they don't even give him a last name. It's very funny. His last name is Fisherman. Oh, that makes so. Oh, he's from the Fisherman family. Oh, that makes a lot major, of Major, 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 major. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so if you go over one more screen to the currently non-functional train station there is a shop to the side that's run by a man called the grease monkey so we have master fisherman and we have grease monkey and the mayor those are the people in the town uh but there's not much to do you can just talk to him and he, he, his dialogue is kind of funny here because he's like what do you got to fix uh you know you want to fix your emotions fix your head i could totally do that for you <laughs> there's a bunch of cats running around uh, like the station. Uh, one of the funny things, and I wish they did this more, is if you go up to the train platform, which you can do, there's a haste draw point there right by the train tracks. And I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Would a haste draw point just be like a guy you get meth from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, At a train station. Plug. 
if only there was like a haste item like what if a haste stone was basically just a meth rock yeah i think that's just a rock Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh i haven't thought of it that way um but that makes perfect sense hi i'm patrick bateman and i'm just gonna get a whole lot of haste (laughs) (laughs) as mentioned before you could talk to the master fisherman but he's actually all the way at the beginning. So before you take the funicular down to the main town, uh, there is a ladder you can climb down that you have no ideas there. <laughs> but unless you're just mashing X or down, I guess. So like you climb down this long stretch of ladders and then you go to the end and then you talk to him. We'll talk about him some more because there's more you, another chance you can do this if you miss it here. But it's uh, interesting that, you know, this is one of those. Final Fantasy VIII throwing in something really hidden that you probably wouldn't find that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a big deal if you miss out on the Mega Phoenix. It's a nice item to have, but it's still really funny that they did that here. Selfie's limit break can just Mega Phoenix uh, however many times you want. You just have to hit refresh enough times. Yeah, yeah. Which helps when you have weight on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which i don't we've been over this uh <laughs> i'm not but, ever gonna call anyone a coward ever again got ride weight shaming over here <laughs> uh. wow <laughs> first of all i would never second of all roll. uh but anyway one more person you can meet in town uh if you go down to the mayor's house, but instead of going in the door, you go around the side, you could find former uh, headmaster Martine, who's just <laughs> hanging out. He, if you remember, he's from Galbadia Garden. He's the headmaster. He's the one who gave you your mission to uh, assassinate his sorceress and basically threw your entire garden under the bus in order to do it. He's sitting there and he's really sad about it. He's like, Oh no, I lost everything. I did a bad thing. Woe is me. These are the only people who would take me in. And then he like cries into his hands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the funny thing is he has really good cards because canonically he has taken all of the confiscated cards from other students. And so he has like a really stacked deck <laughs> or at least, you know, for an NPC. Uh, he's also a, the guy where if you want to get the Renoa card, what you have to do is you have to challenge General Caraway to a game and lose your Ifrit card to him. And you can get the Ifrit card back from Martine. <laughs> God knows why. But uh, apparently he still plays cards with General Caraway. <laughs> All right. I have I have uh, one comment about just Fisher's Horizon in general and exploring this zone. And then one comment yeah. about Martine being here. Let's start with the second one. Um Final Fantasy VIII routinely has the Star Wars problem where it is the smallest world in the universe. And if you hear about mm-hmm. a character, they're going to be in a town hanging out. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we like just heard all this shit about how, how Martine like fucked us. And then he's just, what the fuck is he doing here? And he's just crying. And I'm just like, you, I shouldn't, you, sh- you shouldn't be here. It's very funny. No, you, you should um, have been executed by the sorceress. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know uh, why they let this guy live. Uh-huh. No, for real. Especially because that's not really Galbadia's way. They execute people all the fucking time. Yeah. The other thing is, I do, like, 
this game can be beelined through very mm-hmm. easily and fisherman's horizon could in theory feel like a final fantasy 10 town where it's only like two screens and they're the only screens you need i really like how completely optional exploring the towns are but it's still there for you and you still get flavor like meaningful Mm -hmm. flavor not just generic jrpg flavor by going around it's 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 something that i'm really surprised at how how i continue to enjoy this I need you to explain to me the sentence, canonically, he confiscated all the... Where the fuck in the canon is the lore of how people got their decks? Because <laughs> he says it. If you challenge him, he'd be like, yeah, I took a lot of cards from the students because they weren't supposed to be playing cards because that's gambling. Uh, and now I have... And I kept them for some reason. Oh my <laughs> it's like God. You, you get kicked out of your garden and it's like, oh, what do I take with me? I guess I could shove these cards into my jacket pocket. I lost some magic cards to a principal back in the day. I don't think he was going around making murder decks out of them to fucking take over the local card shop. Wait, you don't think he didn't have a control deck? Come on. No, absolutely not. Especially because I played green in my youth. Ah, fair, fair. Now I'm all blue, baby. And Mm, I haven't played mm. in 15 years. Actually, God, it probably has been close to 15 years. Fuck. Wow. What is time? Uh, Googling when was Onslaught Block. Oh, fuck, 2003. Okay. Woo! 19 years ago. Yeah. All right. When you arrive at the mayor's house, it is chock full of analog-looking gear, but not cards like we've been discussing. Mm-hmm. On the second floor is a sunroom of sorts with model airships hanging from the ceiling. So, okay, now he's moved on to being a gunplaner like me. Great. <laughs> Mayor Dobe, who is sitting cross-legged on the floor with his wife, cuts right to the chase, saying, So, uh, when you leaving? We'll fix your stuff. Just leave as soon as you can, because you are trouble. With a capital T. I'm Brooklyn through and through. Also, I'm a staunch pacifist, and so we really don't need mercenaries on the docks. Also, while you're parked there, we can't really use the docks. You're kind of a lot of trouble for us. (laughs) After this, you can challenge the mayor or his wife to a game of Triple Triad. He carries the Quetzalcoatl card, and his wife is a part of the Queen of Cards quest, holding the Irvine card for some reason, because I guess cards are just what Harlequin romance novels are in this world. (laughs) <laughs> i mean that we do learn where some of them come from maybe not all of them uh but that's also related to the queen queen of cards quest yeah it's it's it, it if you if you want to get all tv tropes about it it is deeply weird that uh 
playing card, like a collectible card game that's sweeping the planet, mm-hmm. uh, has high level cards with me and my high school friends <laughs> on them, and they're real people. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like you you did a homebrew mm-hmm. <laughs> and just made your Even own cards. Even Yu Gi Oh doesn't get that weird. Right. And the homebrew like is what got popular also. God, what what if what if in order to make a like a human card, like a cuz you can't use the card command on people. Apparently that's mm-hmm. against the Geneva Convention. Uh <laughs> but maybe you had to make some kind of like homunculus of the character that you then cast card on in order to create oh, the cards. Yu-Gi-Oh oh, has God. an answer for that. It's called tunes. <laughs> uh yeah. I I I took one look at this hippie ass mayor sitting cross legged on the floor and uh, immediately walked out of his house for a little while. I was like, I need to take a second uh, yeah. before I interact with him. <laughs> like you, you could just see the Birkenstocks, like it's yeah. rendered there. You could uh-huh. smell the patchouli. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do a bunch of fishermen roughnecks love this hippie ass dude? Don't uh, I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> He'd been punched mm. in the head so many times he achieved uh what do you call it? Zen tone. <laughs> <laughs> right on cue as Squall heads back to the garden, we learn that some Galbadian soldiers have arrived to start trouble. Mayor Dobe decides to go ahead and try to convince them to leave peacefully, while the seeds decide to follow him and keep an eye on the situation. The thing that's so funny about this moment is that you have like the really dramatic shits going down music going. And then in, before you can actually go to where the soldiers are, you just walk through the little section of town where everyone's just chill. Yes. <laughs> and so it's just such a weird total mystery because they're not running around. They're not panicked. It, like you can even talk to people and be like, hey, some shit's going down over there. I, that's mm-hmm. kind of weird. <laughs> but it's a like, really dramatic music. when you arrive at the train station area the team hunkers down to observe what is happening a g commander is demanding to know if they're harboring a woman named alone mayor dobe tells him that he knows nothing of the woman to which the g commander replies okay but uh we're burning this place to the ground anyway and this is where uh this is this is where the mayor's both sides pacifism ism uh really really starts to be like okay come on Come on, Dobe, come come on. <laughs> I gotta ask, did they hint it alone anywhere on disc one? Did I just miss something? Were you just being subtle about it around me? Yeah, they did. So, yes, in that she knew, it's like in that very first scene uh, when Squall wakes mm-hmm. up, she's hanging out in the garden and very clearly knows squall and then when she gets like trapped by the t-rexar in the training facility she also calls out squall by name so we know that something is going on with her but it isn't like Mm -hmm. oh she's got weird uh like past dream magic happening no there's there's no hint of that now yeah okay there's no hint of that connection yeah Mm-hmm. She suddenly yeah, that's a- rocketed up into prime NPC status all of a sudden, and I didn't know if I'd just been missing some threads as a first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it does kind of come out as a surprise. You're like, her? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten I, her because she's so I, early. See, yeah, but I also think that is partially because we all have so much to say about this game, and so we're and so the 
the pace of play is pretty slow and you know mm-hmm. we first saw alone like when we played it back in like mid-july or or early august or whatever while, and it yeah. is now december when we're recording this um but i do think christmas that, <laughs> <laughs> I, I i do think that the uh the most recent laguna flashback ties enough of it together that i started to do the um howard hughes or howard hawks pointing at the screen uh (laughs) moment a little bit that i did i I, so yeah it is it's not as out of nowhere as it seems i was able to put together context clues but i've also played this game more than you have so yeah i I think you all have yeah that's Mm -hmm. true uh the one hint that you may have like had before they just straight up tell you this is a character that's important that has a name is that little alone or elena uh she's wearing the same colors as the older version she's still wearing the same blue and green it's just that obviously it's a kid's outfit um, okay right that's like that's like one of those like subconscious co- or unconscious connections things like you probably wouldn't think oh yeah that's the same characters they pointed out like oh they did color her the same that's no i've been playing trails games where you use the same moppet sprite seven thousand times across five (laughs) cities on one continent (laughs) i'm gonna also we've we've seen squall uh, squall doesn't have his uh like motorcycle drip when he's a child so i mean like fair we've seen children versions not match up one-to-one but true true and it's also these these models they're animated so well but they look so janky that I you know mm-hmm. I I don't blame anyone for not making the connection. What do you mean? I love stop motion wooden marionettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially like this like that whole windhill section is pretty pulled back with the camera. Like you don't really mm-hmm. see LNA and like very closely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like you could see her face and be like, "Oh, that's you know, or a similar haircut or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so when, like, when the mayor protests about, he's, he's like, no, that I'm not, d- don't burn, don't burn our city to the ground. What the fuck? He's choke grabbed by the Galbadian mm-hmm. commander and lifted into the air. Um, we can decide to jump in to help or simply observe, uh, which, <laughs> uh, woof, uh, what, what a player choice there. Uh, though, if we do just sit back and observe, what happens is Squall ends up just going, whatever, screw it, and jumps in anyway. The battle starts off with a typical uh, G-unit fight, but afterwards, a very familiar, well-roasted tank leaps down to attack. It's so goofy. <laughs> it's just, like, <laughs> literally off of the background, and it just jumps, it it's lifts the up. Slug. It's like, it, it's that thing in Akewood with the motorcycle, is what happens. It's just click <laughs> and lift. <laughs> well, and it was, it... The timing of it was so funny to me because this whole time, uh, like, I was getting increasingly baffled and upset that they hadn't been mourning Selfie's crew. And so mm-hmm. when this tank made an appearance, I was like, oh, they are going to tie it together. It isn't going to be completely incongruous. Great. <laughs> yes, because this is the Ironclad, which is, you know, a little worse for wear, but this is exactly the same fight as we just had last episode. Just whack it until it explodes again. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's not there's literally nothing to say about it. It's the same fight. <laughs> but once you defeat it, the tank rolls backward and falls into the sea. 
And then out of like the, you know, from the ledge where it fell off of, the missile base team climbs up onto the platform. And apparently they survived the explosion of the base by hiding in the tank. And okay, so I have a note here where like it doesn't explain how this happened because the more you think about it, the weirder it gets because it's like, wait, they're just hanging out. Like, did they operate this tank? How long have they been operating it for? Uh, what's going on with it? Like, did they just, uh, their friends just like shoot at us? Like what's going on here? You know what? Don't think about it too hard. Uh, there's actually an explanation that comes later. That's really dumb. But anyway, they made it back and they're safe and sound. And Squall internally is really excited and relieved to see them. And he tries to keep his normal behavior. Just saying like, Hey guys, welcome back. Glad you're safe. And most of the team then heads back to the garden and like literally they, they lampshaded a bit with like, Hey, what, what, what happened? How did, how did this go about? And, uh, Irvine's like, you know what? Let's talk about it later. <laughs> we don't need to get into it now. <laughs> We're back. Let's just be happy. <laughs> uh, and then afterwards, uh, so you're back in control squall. He's by himself and Renoa is there and she has hung back to talk to you. And, the dialogue here differs depending on whether or not Renoa was with you or not. The gist of it, though, is that, you know, she's like, wow, you were really happy to see your friends back. And he's like, I have friends. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> it's sort of like, oh, you like, I didn't seem any more happy than normal. It's like he's not realizing <laughs> the signals he's giving off. And or just how closely she's watching him, I think is the other side of it. And when. She asked, like, uh, hey, if, if she was on the missile base team, she'd ask, like, oh, were you really happy to see me? Were you really relieved? And if she, she was with you, she was like, would you have been happy to see me, too? And he he stammers a bit. He gets a little blushy. And Renoa, completely satisfied by this, uh, heads back to the garden. He's like, see you later, Squall. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But also there is Mayor Dobe. He is alive, but he, he's been rendered speechless, probably because his windpipe got crushed real bad. Uh, so Squall can decide to talk to the man. <laughs> Jesus, civil. Uh, <laughs> Squall can choose to give the mayor his outlook on situations, which is very much a, hey, look, I respect your ideals and all, but sometimes fighting is inevitable. And so that's why there's people like Seed around. and. You know, like you're cool, you know, like what you do. World needs you, but world also needs us. Uh, shit happens, right? And sometimes you just got to stick a gun blade in a guy's gut. <laughs> um, Mayor Dobe seems so upset. Uh, well, I, right. Like, you know, it, his his ideals have been shattered in front of him. So, mm -hmm. and, and someone like fought in his town. So I get it, but I just, I want to call out, uh, an all timer from Squall's internal monologue uh -huh. when advised by this passive, by, by this pacifist mayor to just like, please try to talk things out with the invading Galbadian forces instead of trying to fight them verbatim. His internal monologue says no argument there trite and dull as hell though yeah i love it yeah it's so i love i love uh i love squall's internal monologue it's just so good um uh -huh. the other thing is that 
until you leave Fisherman's Horizon, do some more plot, and then come back when it when it's a more explorable open world, uh, Mayor Dobe will no longer play cards with you because you have like mm. shamed him, or you know because you have brought shame and fighting into his village or whatever. Uh, I lost my Zell card to him and then got <laughs> bored trying to get it back. And so I was like, whatever, I'll return to it. And then we did the fight and then I tried to challenge him to cards to finally mm. get my Zell back. And he was just like, no, I'm not playing cards with you. It was extremely upset. So jury's out on if I continue to play triple triad or just abandon it because my, <laughs> my Zell card's gone now. Uh, I mean, you, you might as well come back to get your Ifrit card back as well. You know, get the Renoa card and then come back for it. But yeah, that's very funny. I didn't realize that. I still can't believe Squall delivers the climactic speech from the end of Team America two years before that exists. <laughs> Three, actually. I think it, I think that was 2002. Uh-huh. Good job, <sighs> South Park-brained protagonist. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. we're allowed to run around town again, and the one new thing we can do is find the Master Fisherman. To do this, we need to climb down a series of ladders on the screen at the top of the funicular like we are on Mother Base from Hell. When you talk to him, Mm -hmm. he will tease Squall, but then he's like, ah, I'm just kidding. I like you, boy. Let's go to the hotel. (laughs) (laughs) Not like that, you sickos. (laughs) At the hotel, the old man will pull up a hologram recording of a man in priest-like robes who is arguing with people off screen. The fisherman tells Squall this is dope back when he was still an Esthar. Even back in the day, he was a staunch pacifist and worked himself to the bone, pushing back against the rest of the Esthar leadership. Eventually, he also moved to Fisherman's Horizon. Can I just say, as someone who owns a Criterion Collection copy of a fishing series, this is no fishing with John. (laughs) No, no, it is not. Also, uh, Dennis Hopper died on the way back to civilization. <laughs> After his lecture, the old man asks if you want to chill with him some more. And if you say yes, Squall follows him around as he talks to all of the townsfolk who clearly revere him. He heads over to the junk shop and the two have uh, old man reminiscences of the founding of Fisherman's Horizon. Squall comes away from this with a little more respect for the ta- for what the town is trying to do. I'm sad I missed this. Uh, or, yeah, I, I'm sad I missed this. I might come back and do it just because I'm the I'm the flavor lover sicko mm. uh, about Final Fantasy VIII here, and this sounds yeah. neat. Yeah, I can't it's... believe they're trying to found a colony of dads. <laughs> <laughs> it basically is. I mean, like, yeah, you, you, you find out that Fisherman's Horizon was built entirely by expats from Esthar, mostly. Of... A village can just be ten dads. <laughs> <laughs> and a Fujoshi. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun because the junk shop owner, uh, like, there's a back and forth where the master fisherman goes like, or like, the, the other guy's like, man, like, you, you did such a good job naming the town. Uh, you know, it's just Fisherman's Horizon. It represents, like, you know, the future and you know, all this other like high-minded ideal stuff. And literally he just kind of admits like, Oh, was that, was that what I was thinking? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns out he admits like, nah, I just thought it sounded good. And then nobody said anything. So we just kind of went with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's um, very good flavor. It is. It's yeah. And I wonder if it would have changed my opinion of Fisherman's Horizon as a town, because as much as I do like the or, or no, not. Hmm. I like the town a lot. I was disappointed by this episode, I guess, uh, yeah. because every single children's story about war or soldiers has a story where they encounter a staunch pacifist mm -hmm. and they have to reckon with what it means to be a soldier and they come to the conclusion that sometimes fighting is inevitable. And this version while taking place in a very visually and lore neat town is so truncated and such a generic version of it. It's yeah. it like it takes a half an hour start to finish and really nothing of value is gained except for being able to talk to talk to these fisher folk. Um, and like and I, you, you know what the conclusion is going to be because you're playing a mercenary <laughs> in a JRPG. Yes. Guess uh -huh. what's going to happen? <laughs> Yeah, and I and I know that like one of Squall's big arcs is going from fighting for nothing to fighting for something or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, it's yeah, you're ex exactly like exactly like you said. Like you, we yeah. we know exactly all of the beats that this is going to hit, and it just hits them without any fanfare, and then it's over. Yeah, it would be interesting if instead they gave you the option as Squall with, you know, with the threat of violence behind him, at least a little bit, be able to talk down the Galbadians into leaving. Yeah, right. Like you have an option to be like, hey, you know what? I'm in this place. They don't want any fighting. And, you know, I'm going to try to respect that, you know, as somebody who's trying to be worldly. Right. Uh, so and also have other spy skills. Like I'm sure negotiation is a spy skill that you need. Right. So yeah. I'm going to talk these guys into leaving or I'm going to misdirect them into leaving something like that. And then you, <laughs> or, you don't have a boss fight or meet me on the massive transcontinental bridge behind us for a rumble. Uh, like, yeah. Hey, we can fight just not in yeah. here. Yeah. 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 You could, if you win, you could still burn the town down. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that would have been interesting because then it would have been a little bit of growth, more growth for Squall. It would make more sense. It would make that story more interesting, right? Because mm -hmm. then it's not just pacifist is too naive. Woo. But it's also like he's he's pacifist, but he's not um, what I would say. Um, uh, there's no appeasement happening either, right? Uh, which I think right. is also interesting. We might even say like, hey. You know, you could have had Doe like settle on, hey, fine, you can come into our town and take a look, but as long as you don't touch anything and leave, or if you find her, leave with her, go ahead. And they say, no, we're burning down the town. So, sure. Also, uh, Kura Cruz Doan's Island, now in theaters. Very good if you want to see these same <laughs> topics done much better and more visually stunning. Hell yeah. That's that's the Gundam Beach episode, but like rewritten to yep. be its own. Yeah, yeah, it rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this technically the beach episode? I guess this is technically the beach episode. <laughs> I mean, of. it's technically not a beach episode in that one either, but... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, on your way back to the garden, Irvine approaches Squall and says that Selfie is feeling really down. Not just because her friends from Trabia Garden are probably dead, but also that the <laughs> stage for the garden festival got destroyed in the crash. Oh, no. I don't... It. Er, mm. Look, 
Irvine is just suggesting to cheer her up because he wants uh he wants to to do selfie. Um yeah. so, I was gonna say nookie, but that works too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Oh god, yeah. no. Irvine uh, suggests it's nineteen ninety nine. Biscuit is back. Yeah. He, he wants to become a menu option when selfie does slot. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Folk here, no. Thundaga, no. Irvine, yes. Irvine, uh, cast six times. Oh, yes. Pull the right trigger to... <laughs> Make sure to use the magnum ammo. Okay, I'm done. Uh, you got protect up? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so, uh, er, so, yeah. Anyway, Irvine suggests that Squall should go try to cheer her up, and he has a plan hatched to help. I know I've made this comparison a few times over our last few seasons, but um, the, when the Trail series has the Garden Festival be about the same time as World War is erupting, everyone at the military school knows to put the festival on hold. Just saying. Yep. Just yep. saying. But like... <laughs> Yeah, but Selfie is such a high schooler that these things carry equal weight in her head, you know? Mm-mm. The student council president is going to be really depressed if all her work as the graduating class doesn't go do anything. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, there's a tank on our doorstep. The teachers are fighting. <laughs> we're, we're, we literally avoided getting nuked, and then we know that there's another place that likely was nuked, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess it's for morale? This is a USO show, essentially. Do we have parents anymore? I don't know. I guess let's just make sure we do some songs to feel better. <laughs> I mean, so- someone has to be the band of the ti- on the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> so when we go to the quad, Selfie is there looking very listless. Uh, when you talk to her, Squall tries his best to cheer her up, but he is still Squall. And self- Selfie replies with, wow you are trying to cheer me up i must really look depressed which is <laughs> fucking great uh-huh. selfie goaded goaded once again squall gets very defensive and very gruffly tells irvine to take over though selfie does say selfie does say well you actually you did cheer me up a little bit after squall mm-hmm. leaves irvine tells her that they should ask the fisherman's horizon mechanics to also help fix up the stage which gets her pumped up again uh irvine totally thinks he's gonna score here He's like calling himself a genius in his inner monologue. It's like, bruh. I do not remember him being this of a, this much of a slimy Lothario. I remember him like getting stage fright to pull the trigger and then just disappearing from the plot, essentially, from my first playthrough. So I'm glad that okay. he has a character. Uh, even <laughs> but not this. Not like this. His not character like is this. Mr. Hands. Oof. Ooh. Hmm. It's been a minute since we had that reference. Uh, anyway. Which is surprising since we uh, podcast with the movie Zoo's number one fan. <laughs> You're damn right. If it weren't out of print, I'd be giving more copies every Christmas. <laughs> like I said, well, the, the horse is going to show up next episode, so. <laughs> uh, but when Squall walks away. He's called up on the intercom to go up and meet with Sid, and uh, he gives Sid his field report, lol. And Sid says <laughs> <Finally>. that uh, 
<laughs> he just loves giving reports. But Sid says, uh, it's time now. And then he gets on the intercom and tells all the garden that they're going to start their true mission of defeating the sorceress using garden as their mobile base. Oh, and also Squall's your new leader. <laughs> Sid is the most responsibility dodging motherfucker on this planet and I love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, he's, he, he ask him, he literally says, come to Squall with any questions. <laughs> it's so good. First he, like, he gets, he is so bad at this that the yeah. money man comes here with a hatchet to try and murder him personally and then he immediately is just like, you know, this vacation town has made me realize I don't like work or conflict. <laughs> hey, hey, teenagers, you're the future, right? Once again, he is like if Gendo Ikari tried to say I love you more than one time. That's he's just he's bumbling, but in an extremely evil way. It's oh, my God. <laughs> and. Yeah, and like Squall hates this. He's just like yeah. immediately, uh, <laughs> Squall, like he shouts like, you know, don't talk about this like it's been decided since my birth. <laughs> and then we just cut away. <laughs> like it's like the one time where his exasperation is like treated as a joke or a punchline. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, that's a very valid question. You have so many people that are more qualified literally around you. And not to say that, Okay, Quistus is technically more qualified, although compromised. But <laughs> but Sue's still here. Look, uh-huh. we need a virgin to run this place, and Quistus can absolutely not when half of the student body has student bodied her. <laughs> <laughs> student body count. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, no, that was like two episodes ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh but Later on, we see Squall tossing and turning in his bed, thinking about all his new responsibilities, because now he gets to, you know, he's no longer even half a child. He's got to be a full-ass adult because he's running a fucking army. (laughs) Uh, Once again, extremely, like good rendering of teen feelings here because he's clearly really confused but then he's also extremely frustrated that he's so confused he's like oh i don't know what to do and i hate that it's it's great so the mechanics did decide that they were going to help with the garden festival and you kind of wonder if they really respect their mayor since they built the stage directly in front of his house (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah just imagine like major mayor dome coming out saying, what the fuck are you doing <laughs> we left you room to get deliveries that's a window the seeds minus squall and plus renoa gather to figure out what to do now squall has no rhythm so he's not consulted on matters like this <laughs> selfie says they are going to form a band and play a song but oops these two sets of sheet music got mixed up There are eight instrument options to choose from, half of them for a cover of Eyes on Me, the other half for an Irish jig. You better fucking believe which one of these I picked. Eyes on me, clearly. Eat my asshole, Marcus. I'm surprised you didn't do like like the full chaos version where you did like half of one, half of the other. No, I used to attend the local... uh, December Christmas event where they did actually have bagpipes and festivals mm-hmm. in the park. 
<laughs> I did that <laughs> growing up. Anyhow, you get to try out each instrument to see which ones match up, or, as Matt mentioned, you can create a horrific cacophony. Also, Renoa will have her own separate job for the festival, so you can't just rely on someone who has an actual ear for pitch to do anything here. <laughs> Bonus! When you have control of Irvine, you can leave the area and explore the town some more. There's a bonus scene in the Grease Monkey Shop where a G Commander is there, trying to get the man to fix the ironclad a third time. The mm -hmm. Commander changes his mind when he sees Irving and says he'll meet him outside, but when you leave, nothing happens. When you re-enter, the Commander is slumped on the floor. Should you ask the mechanic about it, you can see a little Moomba doll move. The Grease Monkey will give you a Phoenix down, which Irvine will complain internally is not a Mega Phoenix. Thanks, everyone in your party is kind of an asshole. But if you talk down to the commander, you can pick up a few rounds of fast AP and pulse ammo. Yeah, you get uh, six shots of each, which is like pulse More than ammo enough so to kill anything to that moves. Oh yeah, pulse ammo is really strong. But this is where if you talk to the fisherman early, you would have gotten, or I think if you've done this part earlier, you can get a Mega Phoenix. So this is signaling to you, by the way, you missed something. Gotcha. Yeah, hmm. so it, it is Ir Irvine being an asshole, but it's also being like, you could have gotten a Mega Phoenix if you started this section early. I think you can do this with Squall and Irvine together. So before you go back to the garden all the way, I uh, hmm. can cause this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny, because yeah, what's up with the tiny Moomba doll? We don't we don't ever find out, and the Grease Monkey doesn't have anything else to say about it. <laughs> Look, I don't know, man. Voodoo shit happens in my shop. It continues to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's how I would deal with it, as someone who has played all the Monkey Island games. <laughs> Anyhow, once everything is selected, the scene fades to black. Um, Do we want to do party chat about instrumentation here? Because... Sure. I If, if you do select the eyes on me configuration if you do select the right quote-unquote sheet music and not a horrible cacophony i do feel like i do feel like the game kind of nails the vibe of what each uh party member's musical instrument would be we've for me it was zell on the saxophone which yeah 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 Irv <laughs> Irvine on the piano, with um, ah. I've yeah, a lot of slimeball piano players in this world. Jeff Goldblum, for example, um, Billy Joel, also Billy Joel. Uh, and then here's where I could see arguments either direction. But Selfie is on lead guitar, and Quistus is on bass. I personally think I would put Selfie on bass and Quistus on guitar, but I could see the argument for Quistus being on bass. Uh, I did Quistus on bass. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I had I I had uh selfie on piano and irvine on guitar because to me like guitar player guitar player wants to be the hero right mm. like that feels very irvine to me like piano like yeah i get the slide ball thing that to like slide ball pianist thing which yeah that makes a lot of sense but uh to me like irvine's gonna be like i want to play guitar and i want to be up front but yes 100 yeah. percent zell on sax yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. zell on sax is the inspired choice here yeah I mean, but also on the flip side, if you're doing the jig, mm -hmm. the tapping, the, the dance has to go <laughs> to Zell. It has to. <laughs> Fucking Tilly in the wall ass motherfucker. I don't remember who I picked because I did this a month ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> it's all good. 
We were supposed to record this a little bit ago, but I was quite ill. So sorry about that. Um, so Squall wakes up at night in his room. Outside, Renoa is waiting for uh, him in her formal dress. She invites Squall out to the festival. In town, Irvine is there and pulls him aside to tell him that he and Renoa are looking good together and that he found, uh, he found a good spot for them to make a uh, hangout, uh, which he is marked with a magazine. Thanks, Irvine. He also says he is planning to be in a similar situation himself, which he's trying. Yeah, he's trying to get his beak wet and it's weird. Uh, Squall <laughs> internally loathes Irvine. Uh-huh. As you go towards the stage, Squall distracts Irvine before, uh, just before Irvine can hit on Selfie too hard. Uh, thank you, Squall. Which one is the Chad version of Irvine or Squall? <laughs> Squall is both Chad and Virgin. His, his, he is the only, he is the only virtuous nofap to ever exist. <laughs> That's not true. There is that manga about how not sleeping with someone for 30 years gives you wizard powers. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. Yes. It would be the it would sequel manga to is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? And the sequel manga is just titled. Yes. For what it's worth. I gave that one a lot more credit when I realized how they explained that away. And it's actually incredibly funny. Oh, good. Okay. okay. He's a descendant of Zeus. <laughs> That's it. That's why. Ah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, that works. That works. All right. Mm, mm, mm. So at the stage, Selfie congratulates Squall on his promotion, and they kick off the song. You can hang with her for a bit and change the camera angle if you want, but when you want to progress the plot, you can leave the area. But it's like this nice little performance music video mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit. It's neat. Yeah. Yo, weirdly, you can, I didn't realize this till this last time, you can go back up and try to leave the, you know, go back up to the stairs and try to go back to garden. They won't let you, but like, you don't have to go to this next scene when you leave the screen. If you leave to the left, you go backwards. Oh, that's so funny. Because it's like, it kind of looks like Squall's running away and Renault is chasing after him. Like, no, no, no. (laughs) The plot is that way. (laughs) As promised, there is a magazine left on the edge of the platform, uh, and it is a dirty one. Irvine, you perv. <laughs> like we didn't already know. Irvine. Yeah. And it's open to, it's it's like open to a particular page. It's not just the cover. God, yeah. Get a load of this chick. <laughs> yeah, and, and it stays there in the middle of the shot. <laughs> God, having a tense, awkward relationship argument while there's just a porno open on the ground in between the two of you is a very funny image. That's just a college dorm. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking black and white lesbian kiss poster. Oops, turns out I left open my Maxim while I'm having a fight with my girlfriend. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Uh, roommate comes in and is trying to read it while he's sitting with a bowl of cereal because we only have one table at the kitchen (laughs) is this something I'm pulling for real life who knows (laughs) it's so well realized what you just described I was like yeah no that that checks out I've been in Uh similar situations Um, so 
Uh, Squall and Renoa sit down, and Renoa explains that everyone knows that Squall now has a lot on his plate and will try to do it all himself, and that they are collectively asking him to lean on them more. He's, she, he, she's like, just, you have friends. Try to fucking act like it, please. Um, <laughs> there is a bit where she imitates one of his expressions while he does it, and uh, she dodges away when he, like, kind of, like, fake swings at her. Yeah. And, like, there's been some comments, and I forget if it was Katase, I forget who said it, who said, like, looking back on it, they shouldn't have added this, or they should have done something different, because they're, they're like, implying that he was about to hit her, and they said, like, oh, that's very out of character for him, so it's weird that that got left in the game. Yeah. It always felt weird to me. Um, the, it didn't feel as much like tonal whiplash as it felt to me like, um, just kind of teenagers doing the, like, fake raising a fist or whatever uh, mm. uh it, like it felt more like a i'm gonna get you than actual domestic violence but um i was thinking a shoulder but, slug yeah or like a shoulder slug but but if katase regrets it like clearly i yeah. misread the situation or misread I, the scene i guess i it's weird because it i could when i was younger i'm like he wasn't actually trying to hit her that doesn't make any sense uh, that mm-hmm. that feels weird to be like that that's our protagonist uh but uh they they have commented on it afterwards so that's mm-hmm. interesting at the very least but yeah Renoa like dodge rolls out of the way <laughs> and uh she just starts giggling to herself because she just finds his frustration very cute mm-hmm mm-hmm shrug uh, <laughs> <laughs> um is is this where she says um you're a teenager try to act like it for once something to that effect yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. i liked that line too mm-hmm, it's like because mm-hmm. it's like Renoa. if you only knew how much of a teenager he was in his internal monologue you would have not have said that <laughs> so related to this is a weird bit of characterization I've always loved about another stoic teenager. Apparently when Araki was writing Jojo Part 3, he said that Jotaro was supposed to not be the cool tough guy, but a guy who was always trying to come up with a quip. And so we're hearing his internal monologue or he's delivering it, but like you have to imagine there's like 30 seconds of him pausing before saying it. And that just puts a whole new spin on everything. Oh my that's kind of how I, I imagine almost, Squall is. That's almost enough to get me to yeah. reread part three with that in mind the whole time. Yeah, just imagine every time he's KO'd a dude, he's just kind of sitting there for a minute like... Yari yari. I just... I mean... If y'all listen to uh, our season on seasons on JoJo, uh, where we did part three for Boku no Stop Premium, uh, I just could not get over how uh, Jotaro just ends up looking like the cool guy who always knows what to do all the time. And mm-hmm. it's like, dude, you're fucking 17. You don't know shit. What is this mm-hmm. nonsense? <laughs> yeah. How is it that you know better than like these like veteran stand users? It's so stupid. Ugh, JoJo's is weird. <laughs> it uh, but, is, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, so I've I've never watched an episode of JoJo's before. I only know the the roundabout ending, and then I've read it all. And part three, I 
love, but the tone is not like the tone in part three. It's very clear that it's not supposed to bother you that this kid uh, mm. is just better than all these veteran stand users because it it's very nonchalantly tongue in cheek the whole time. There is a playfulness that Araki is employing that doesn't it didn't really it doesn't like clash or cause any like tonal problems to me. But um because I haven't watched the actual show, yeah. I don't know I don't know how it comes off there. It it just comes off like he's bamfing his way through everything. And there's just I mean, it tries to be goofy at times, right? Because you have Polderev who's a fucking goofball. You're like he's the mm-hmm. zell of the group. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just felt like you were supposed to be like, hell yeah, every time Jotaro shows up and does a thing. And it's like, look, JoJo's why? has tone problems infinitely, and occasionally Araki <laughs> yeah. will course correct on this, and sometimes mm-hmm. it goes well, and you get things like Stone Ocean, the best yeah. JoJo. But also uh- sometimes you get Jojolian, and then it's mm-hmm. like. What have we been doing for years? Cool. <laughs> yeah, I still need to pick up in the middle of part four again. And I I load to do it because I was really not jiving with part four. Have you played Persona 4? Yeah, I know. It's the same thing. Cool. You can skip it. <laughs> yeah, but then like, the characters roll over to the next one. And it's like, you kind of need to know. That. No, no I, none of them roll over. Right? One dude rolls over to the next one. Wait, wait, are you telling me that Joseph is still there in part five? No, actually, if I told you which one rolled over to part five, you would laugh in my face. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, it's the tiny one. Or is it the tiny yes, one? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. That's, like, what is the silliest one? It's It can't be the dumb guy. They wouldn't yeah, they sent Koichi to Italy. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Anyway, we're not. This is not a JoJo's cast. This is a Final Fantasy VIII cast. So yeah, Renoa is like, ha ha ha! Check out my little Cinderi over here, and uh, she like gets behind him and like you know whispers that whole like, "How oh, you're a teenager, act like it," and then like shoves him off of the ledge he is sitting on, <laughs> and then um, he lands thankfully on his feet. <laughs> You can see a version of this where he just like face plants and like, you know, is knocked out and it's really awful. But they are standing on the solar panels now and she jumps down too. And he's clearly pissed, but isn't saying anything. And Renoa is like, yes, please express yourself. Say anything like we just don't keep it all inside. Even even if you're you're just going to yell at us, like, come on, just give us something. <laughs> and then Squall immediately turns away and starts thinking like, 
oh, I guess I do that, don't I? <laughs> yes. And he, he goes, he, he just goes off on a whole tangent of like, well, you can't trust adults. Like, what happens when you can't trust adults anymore? What happens if you can't do this? Like, relying on people is so, you know, troublesome because people are going to inevitably leave you and then you're going to be left alone and it's going to hurt. And uh, and this whole time, like, Renoa is being extremely patient with him. <laughs> She's just kind of like... <laughs> coquettishly like walking around in a circle and then at one point she goes like ah oh, damn it and then Squall's like oh right yeah she's here and turns around and joins the doctor he's like oh sorry I haven't been talking and she's like no just the music has been so bad for the last few minutes <laughs> get it together guys and then Squall's like oh yes yes I, I need to reply to her he goes like okay yeah sure uh, I'll agree to that uh, yes I'll talk to you uh, now <laughs> And Renault is like, no, you you don't get off that easy. Like, you actually have to give us something. Why why do you always have to do this? Why? And then she runs runs off and he's like, yes, yes, no, this is better. No, really. Yes, this is fine. And the screen fades to black. Yeah. I just, again, for all of my minor complaints about this stuff uh, or about the contents of this episode, I still love, I still love Squall's pessimism as self-protection it's still so well rendered um he he is still very much going through it and it it the the more internal monologue we have of him the more mm-hmm. like related and well realized relatable and well realized he becomes to me uh which i really like yeah i mean i would imagine like think about the number of times like okay like this is anime as fuck Right. Like this mm-hmm. is the most anime that this game has gotten, at least so far. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me like years and years to realize, oh, this whole like making your characters play a song in a band thing is that's just an anime thing. That's just a thing that they like, you know, they do it in Persona 4. Uh, mm-hmm. They do it in like a ton of animes. And it's like, oh, they do it in trails. They do it in trails. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, to me, like as a you know musician, I'm just like, that's not how that fucking works. <laughs> it annoys me every time. For what it's worth, the class band dork does take over and immediately begin drilling you for a month in trails. Yeah, exactly. You're not just he like, wants to make sure you don't embarrass him. Yeah, you right? didn't just shove a saxophone into a character's hand and say, "Blow this," and play these notes, <laughs> and then it works. That's, I played saxophone. That's not how that works. Um, but the thing that I I like about this, especially coming back to it, is that you would think like the big romantic gesture is going to have some payoff, right? Like you think that it's mm-hmm. going to kind of work out and Squall's going to like turn around and like, oh, you're doing, you did a nice thing for me. And like, no, he's still rejecting it. He's still pushing it away. Yeah. And, and it, and it fails. Like it ultimately ends with Renoa running away, you know, maybe not crying, maybe crying, probably like just really upset because like literally everyone is shoving them together. And he's just like, what are we doing here? And it's also like you can just feel it. This is a bunch of teenagers setting up their friend. Like that's mm-hmm. that's very relatable in some ways. I I agree. Uh I also want to briefly switch focus because the thing that we haven't talked about much is the fact that um your choice of song and your choice of instruments has a direct impact on yeah. how this scene plays out. And it is not how you expect, and it is very funny to me. So okay. If you do the four eyes on me instruments, there is like this kind of like 
medium-sized argument that is 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 tense but also like a very um well-realized uh, scene between two people who are trying to express themselves and 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 having trouble and then getting annoyed and then that and Renault is like god this music sucks so that's all eyes on me all irish jig they don't argue and they just open up to each other. It's like they, they, they really? share vulnerable moments. And it's so funny because it's the fucking Irish jig. <laughs> if it's half of eyes on me and half of Irish jig instruments in any permutation, if it's half and half, then Renault is just fucking pissed and <laughs> uh, mostly talks about how awful the music is. But if you do three instruments from one of the songs and one from the other, then it's less of a of a good outcome. Uh, mm. But mostly, Renault is just like, "What the fuck is going on? This is some like <laughs> experimental jazz shit." So I was happy to see that those actually like make an impact on the scene, and it's mm. not what you expect because once again, Final Fantasy VIII likes to bury the correct way uh, underneath what seems like it should be the correct way, but isn't. Yeah, but yeah, I like that. Yeah, I I guess that's a lot like the places where you can play squall is like being kind of amenable instead of being mm-hmm. like extra gruff and it's like well if you pick the right option he's still extra gruff which is yeah. kind of what happens i i've seen the jig one once and it was so long ago i didn't rerun the scene again uh but that's that's awesome that the, i didn't realize there were that many permutations that's awesome mm-hmm. the the one thing that didn't occur to me until right before we recorded this episode is that it must be really weird for Renoa to be hearing eyes on me at all times. <laughs> that's her mother's song. Yeah. That's... And like mother's song, I don't know if she ever learned like the true origin of it, uh, whether or not it's like, oh yeah, that's not about your dad. Uh, just imagine a scene where, where she's like, you know, she's a child. She's hanging out with her mom and she's like, oh, I like that song. Is it about daddy? And she's like, no, <laughs> no, it's about some dude you never met. Um, yeah so like it must be really surreal for i'm I'm surprised renoa doesn't say anything like there's no point where renoa goes oh that song yeah i'm sick of that song (laughs) i hear it Mm -hmm. all the time or like i was sick of that song and i got over it or it makes me sad because it reminds me of my mother who's dead yeah no none of a witch and this track follows me around (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorceress i got cursed by a sorceress but also imagine being General Carraway and hearing that song all the time and being like, oh, sure. my God, my dead wife's most famous song is about some other fucking dude. That was before they met. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I just, yeah. you know, being friends with a lot of musicians and then becoming friends with their partners and then w- watching their partners get really uncomfortable that like some of their most famous songs are about the exes who came before. It's like it, you know, it. it even if you recognize that the past is the past, uh, it can oh, be sure. an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of never to... talked about. <laughs> yeah. Shoutouts also, uh, we're recording this uh, just a few days after Christine McVie. I knew you were going to say it if I did away. Uh. And fucking shoutouts to You Make Love and Fun. Uh, uh, one, of, yeah. <laughs> one of the messiest songs of all time. Love that shit. Uh, fucking love that Christine McVie had an affair with Fleetwood Mac's writing tech, or uh, sorry, lighting tech, who 
continued to tour with the band until late into their life. And when John McPhee, her husband, was like, um, Lovin' hasn't been fun for you for a while. What's going on? She's like, uh, 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 it's about the dog. It's it's about our dog. That's that's what it's about. It's not about this guy who I've been fucking for years and years and years. It's about the dog. Love that shit. Shout out to Christine McPhee. Fleetwood Mac, still the most impressive successful polycule in history <laughs> <laughs> successful uh in some fashion and not in others uh-huh well they're all still pals like yeah well, oh. they might all hate Lindsay uh because everyone hates Lindsay because Lindsay buckingham is a tool and a half even though he's also a musical genius but mm-hmm. uh everyone else gets along <laughs> I can't it's think so of Lindsey Buckingham without thinking of Bill Hader playing him yeah. silently, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> one of, oh, one sorry, Lindsey. We're going to have to bump bits. you one more week. <laughs> uh, also, just related to the comment about weird, square, soft love stories, keep in mind, this is the same era that gave us Xenogears. So if Ooh. you think Squall and Renoa have a time, just think of where... Uh, Faye and Ellie are at this point in, let's oh say, middle of disc one. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> what yeah. if Asuka had a knife? <laughs> I thought she had a prog knife. <laughs> no, what if Asuka had a knife, not the Ava? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah. That's uh... kind of the plot of that game to a certain point. Uh-huh. I still need to play it. I, you... I might... You should. Uh, uh. It's it's interesting. Uh, there are a lot of things about Xenogears that I really fucking hate, but there are also a lot of things about Xenogears that I never would have gotten anywhere else, yeah. and so I'm very glad I played it. Is, is yeah, there remember like a... how you felt about Saga? Xenogears <laughs> is that in two discs. Mm-hmm. Is is there like a like patch that you can add to it on an emulator that makes like the rough edges slightly less rough? Uh, not really. Uh, no. Not no. The I, sewer I, I, dungeon will still exist. Yeah, the sewer dungeon will still exist, and the random encounters mid jump will also still exist. Uh, yeah, which makes the say, tower dungeon. I'm surprised really tough. no one no one like modded that out at some point, being like, let's just not do that. that. Might let me check because people people would do that. Like you know, like we're gonna end this season with an episode on. How how would we improve Final Fantasy VIII? Like, what would we do to make it a better game? Because mm-hmm. I think that's very interesting in this case. And I mean, I would be like, if I could figure out how to do a mod to the original game so that like I could like make this happen, I would fucking do it as a fan project. Like, it it would be a lot of fun for me to be like, let's try to make this make sense and then also make the mechanics not as breakable uh and, and as a yeah. all of these xenogears hacks i see on romhacking.net are made by the worst kind of fans mm. like one of them is an undub uh <sighs> one of them is and i'm just reading off in-game battle combos are back to the original japanese ones Oh, cool. Thanks. The weight oh. unit in character stats is back to kilos instead of pounds. Oh, fuck yeah, off. I am not, I am not philosophically, uh, pr- like a, a 
subs over dubs partisan 100% of the time. Uh, I will say that the dubbing of in Xenogears in the anime cutscenes is some of the worst I have ever, <laughs> ever come across. So like undub mods are generally pretty sweaty but for this one particular game i i would it's like all right i can see it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i i will tell you matt that there was a solution on the original hardware which is yep. uh that uh you just open the playstation lid and mm-hmm. uh make mm-hmm. sure to close it before doing any transitional scenes um but yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah, how yeah i heard about this yeah Where that's you how the word people Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how a ton of people uh, get through the uh, the the tower platform and tower dungeon. Yeah, the tower Just of Babel. Say it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I th- I have it on PS One Classics, but I think probably what I'm going to end up doing is doing it on emulator just so I could save state. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Yep. Because otherwise, yeah. like it's it's pain. For some reason, like I I got a. So I got my analog pocket came in and I've been playing um, Metal Gear Solid on GBC, which is uh, Ghost Babel. Ghost Babel. Yeah. Ghost Babel. And for whatever reason, I haven't updated the OS, so I can't do like, what can it do? Um, save states on it? I forget. I think it was supposed to be able to do that. I don't own one yet, so I can't tell you. Oh, but I'm like really hoping for it sometimes because that game there's a lot of backtracking and some guesswork and some parts I'm like, I wish I could just save before I go through the, the box conveyor belt again. <laughs> Cause that, that was annoying to do that like 50 times. Yeah, there are. Yeah. There are so many annoying parts of Xenogears. And <laughs> yet I like it a lot. It rules. Mm-hmm. Despite everything about Mexican Blanca. <laughs> yeah my god <laughs> fucking rico tr- tragedy of a character <laughs> anyhow the next morning squall is called up to the command platform and greeted <laughs> by his new team zoo quistus and nida they've already divided up their duties so now all they need is for squall to point them at their next destination Zoo suggests they should go to check on Balam, you know, where all the missiles just hit. If you did not talk to Nida during the Civil War, this is the scene where Squall will forget his name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's funny because most of the time I missed him or I, like I wouldn't have talked to him. And it's like when, the first time I realized, oh, you can meet him earlier and you still have the uh, who are you again? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was it was very funny that like they kept that consistent depending on when you run into him. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah, especially because it's like the guy from Disquad. Oh, you remember him? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so wrapping it up, does anyone have any closing thoughts on Fisherman Horizon? Uh, very, very combat light. Only just the one yeah. like section where there are some random battles, and then the one boss battle, which is easy. Yeah, I. I find Fisherman's Horizon, the, I've said this before, so I'm repeating myself from earlier in the yet, but I find the town of Fisherman's Horizon great. I love the flavor of it. 
Um, I find the pacifism very special episode extremely boring, and then and then I love the school dance scene quite a bit. I think that the I think that the like drama playing out between Renault and Squall is great. I think that the flavor of Irvine being just an irrepressible horn dog that people have to just like keep away from people so he doesn't poo their asses is very fun. Uh, and it just it. It feels like a good high school scene from a high school drama of some kind, and I'm into it. I got to enjoy a bunch of teens being messy drama queens for a small, brief moment in this game before we have to go back to, oh, wait, we've just kind of set off a geopolitical nightmare. Shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) Yeah. mm -hmm. Fun break episode. You know, the one thing we haven't talked about is the music for Fisherman's Horizon, which... Oh, yeah. uh, the the song is really good. Uh, it's just so pleasant. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely played it earlier in the episode. See, to me, it's calmtown.mid. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like the greatest thing ever, but the <laughs> I like it a lot. And I like it a lot more since I heard the uh, the arranged version where the um, the intro bit with the uh, the electric piano is sung with a choir. It's mm. so fucking good. Yeah, I think the I think the melody it like the melody itself is very, very good. The arrangement is kind of eh. Yeah, let me see if I can find it and drop it in here. Um also I love that uh because of because of Zoomer lingo, uh MIDI files being called dot mid is now also just <laughs> like an insult that you can lay at things. <laughs> this podcast. This podcast is very dot mid. (laughs) Look, let's be real. No one is ever going to convict me of being too hip. (laughs) Okay. Um, There we go. I thought uh, because of all the fucking solar panels in like the giant mayor house dish, I thought that the story of Fisherman's Horizon was initially going to be that they... Uh, repurposed one of the massive communications towers that that this was like a giant satellite dish i was a little bit surprised that it isn't a giant satellite dish it would have been pretty it sick. looks like yeah it did remind mm-hmm. me of golden eye uh the yeah. scene at the end <laughs> yes and also the cable guy <laughs> there were a lot of bits shot in that uh same location from mm-hmm. my understanding uh mm-hmm. yeah it's very funny uh the the uh they Took it out of commission. I think they destroyed it like last year. Uh, oh like, that wow! Was a big story, yeah, like because uh, it wasn't in use anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that place is gone now. Uh, Rip Janice, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be interesting because yeah, uh, I I gave this one its own episode because I feel like after this the world opens up and there's a bunch of side quests and I don't think we had time to do both. And there mm-hmm. is some interesting, you know, character plot nuances going on here. So, yeah, plug time. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to share with the listeners? I was just sent a text message which simply said the words optimal trans woman burger. And I opened it and it was an in and out burger that has over 50 pickles on it. So um, <laughs> that's going to be my plug this week while I'm revamping my website there. <laughs> Is that on the Do menu? not try to order it that way uh, from the secret menu when you get there, though. They, <laughs> w- 
they will throw you out because they are a hardcore Christian restaurant. Yeah, I've only eaten there once, and it uh, it actively tried to kill me. And that was way before Ugh. anything else. That was in high school. <laughs> I, oh, I, I was in California for a week, and I didn't manage to to snag one just to try it because I was very curious, but it didn't work out. Uh, and I would say, like, wouldn't I'm, – I'm just imagining now, like, the Happy Meal equivalent that has a little blahage in it. I mean, for one thing, you shouldn't expect a Happy Meal at an In-N-Out. For another, the Optimal Trans Woman Burger has two bottom patties. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. (sighs) Uh, You you can uh, listen to Chris Taylor and I talk about Final Fantasy 14 in a similar podcast uh, called Icons and Icons used to be called Lightning Strikes Vice Extreme. That's how similar it was. Uh, And you can do that by subscribing to our Patreon here at pitchdrop.cash for as little as a buck a month. But as Matt is going to tell you soon, you should also pay a little more than a buck a month so you can listen to other shit. But yeah, uh, we are uh, getting into Heaven's Word now. Uh, it is fun. There is, however, so much settler colonialism right now in Final Fantasy fourteen, and it is a lot to deal with. So you can listen to Boku no Stop, our anime watch-along podcast. Uh, there's the free version where I believe at this point we would have wrapped up Lupin the Third, the woman called Fujiko Mine, and we'd be going into the Lupin movies from around that era. I believe Jigen's Grave is the first one, or Jigen's Gravestone. Jigen's Gravestone. Cool. That one will probably be coming out, or would have just come out the week prior. Um, and there's also our premium version for patron backers, where we are covering the last half, third quarter of Death Note. And that's Hell been yeah. wild. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're in the weird part now. <laughs> one, of, uh, what, one of the... One, I'm not going to say the greatest. One of my favorite, oh God, we ran out of plot, but they want another season anime arcs ever because they just said fuck so, it. They went full fuck it. Yeah, they went uh-huh. full fuck it mode. Uh, yeah. And then in their next series, we learned you do not have to hand it to them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all until next time where we'll be talking about uh, our first batch of side quests uh the occupied balam section and trabia garden i hope you like basketball let's hope that i don't (laughs) accidentally call it trivia garden (laughs) (laughs) who uh good goodbye friends (laughs) (laughs) you come back for us and we love you (laughs) 